people? It's your boy, International Walk. It's your girl, Tosh, the co-host is with the most. And we are back with another episode of Act 2, the podcast, episode 113. Say it in Spanish. Uh, ciento y trece. Ciento y trece. Si, si, ciento y trece. And we are back to give you another episode. Oh, uno, uno, tres. Uno, uno, tres. I like the other way. Ciento y trece. Ciento y trece. Ciento y trece. Mm-hmm. Trece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got um, But we are back for episode 113. Um, back in your living rooms, back on your favorite platforms to get us our faces. Um, Actutopodcast.com, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Breaker, Anchor, Spotify, TikTok, Twitter, um, Google Podcasts. Um, and I think that's it. And Spotify. Forgot that. Um, get right to it. How are you? I was How are you doing this hip. week? I was about to do the hips. How was your week? I am doing fantastico. Um, yo soy muy bien. Um, I feel great. I really do. My week was really good. Um, mentally, I am... I'm a 10 today. Wow. 10, 10, 10, 10, baby, 10. I'm a 10. I'm feeling really, really good. I'm a 10. I'm feeling good. Okay. Um, Why do you feel good? Because of a positive day? Because of the way your body feel? Because like great news? Like it's reasons why people feel um, like they're on 10. I think just God because... God spoke to you. God has been talking to me. I've been talking more to God, you know, um, as part of Lent. And, you know, y'all know my relationship with God. This ain't no spiritual show. And I really don't know the true meaning of, I mean, I know what Lent is about. I know what a lot of Catholics focus on it, but some churches do too. But I decided to participate this year. I've done it before where I fasted from coffee. But it's a Catholic thing. So I don't think it's just a Catholic thing. It's a biblical thing. I, oh, it's a I Catholic thing with the ashes and all that and Ash Wednesday. It's a, it's a Catholicism. Ash thing. Wednesday is, but Lent is practiced in Christianity in general. Churches practice Lent okay. as well. Um, but I don't think very many. Maybe not. Um, but um, I know Enon was kind of like, like that was, I know they were doing, I know of some other churches, maybe not many, but I know churches practice it too. And the whole fasting thing, what I decided to fast from is shopping for like, you know, clothes, shoes, bags, that sort of thing. And the purpose, because somebody was like, well, my sister is like, how does shopping, you know, bring you close to God? I mean, you know, or not shopping, bring you close to God. But the thought behind it is when fasting from anything is Mm -hmm. when you have those desires use those moments to pray more, to focus on God more. So it's not that not shopping or not eating. Some I've done it before where I fasted from coffee. Like I said, some people may fast from meat, whatever it is, but the intent is to replace that with more God. So right. less of you and your desires and what you want and more of God. I say all that to say I've been talking to God more, which means he's been talking to me more. I've been listening more. Which is why you're a 10. I feel good, you know, my, we're at a great place, you know, my friends, my family, you know, everybody, I just feel good. Finances. A 10. Jesus. Yeah, mama good there, no complaints. Um, work. Work, you know, I won't lie, it would be great to have 10s across the board, but it's not a seven and a half like it was. I'll give it an eight. Works at eight. Yeah. Is this because of, um, Mr. Juicy? 
No. Um, no, no, no. Ha, that was good. I like that, boo. You know, I told him how not to say names and stuff. That was a good one. We here. No, it's just because, you know, I mean, eight is good. Good. Eight it is, is good. great. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, work is work. I ain't. Work is work. That's Physicality. I'm going to give it a nine. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I'm feeling good. My body hurt, but it hurts so good. I just so told good. her, make us store run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my body hurts so good, but it just feels good. It, um, you know, I feel, I'm, I feel, I feel good. I feel good all over. Who's saying that? That's definitely You and I have. Is that Stephanie Mills? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. Remember so. I was, I was saying that last week when we yeah. mentioned Stephanie Mills. Yeah. She could sing her ass off. Yeah, her little tiny soul. Yeah, she can really, really sing. Um, um, how are you? I am pushing forward. Um, second week of work. Mentally, I am a nine. Okay. So I'm going to put a new wave down there for me. Why not? New wave um, what could help you be a 10? I well, you know, yesterday I was an 8. Then I had therapy yesterday. So, you know, after therapy, I always, well, I don't always feel good. But after this session, I kind of felt good. So that kind of bumped my number up a little bit. And then I also had a good day today. That's good. So what could help you be a 10? Um, probably another week. Oh, like back at work and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Try another week. All right, that's good. Yeah. How's your finances? Finances is 10. They're just growing. I don't uh, anticipate, you know, uh, having to do anything big soon. Um, maybe a fence, some shit like that. <laughs> but not, um, you know, shit for the house, not nothing like for me. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to some landscaping. Yeah. Um, work is a 10. That's um, awesome. Work has just been great. Been great to be back to work great to be with the fellas um you know great to be using my brain again on shit that i want to and not you know not a bunch of shit that i don't want to <laughs> um so yeah work is a 10 so put me down for a dime spot on work how you feeling physically physically i i would be a three if i could be one <laughs> because i'm hurt my knees hurt um, my ankles hurt, my feet hurt, my shoulders but they hurt, hurt, my for back a good hurt. Reason. Yeah, but that don't mean they don't hurt. You uh -oh. just look at it. Different. Yeah, <laughs> if somebody asks me what the, what's the reason, it's a great reason because I'm working out and I'm getting through these workouts and actually being active and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and that feels awesome. You know, brother, just trying to live. But it um, still hurt. But it hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. It hurt like a my gluteus. My glutes hurt. Yeah, your gluteus like maximus, bad. your knees, my like, shoulders. We're not twenty-five year olds starting to work out. Like when you in your forties, it it's it's true. It hurts a little bit more. You a still can do it. You still can get it done, but it hurts. I tell you this: no matter how many times I stop, I'm always going to start again. I want to not stop, but I'm always going to start again. But physicality, I would say I'm a solid eight. I ain't no seven and a half. That That's would be good. the weakest. I'm a solid eight. So I put an eight down for me. So you're a nine, ten, ten, eight. Nine, ten, nine, eight. No, you said ten. Ten? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, nine ten, 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 eight. Ten, eight. Okay, that's good. Um, Wilds and woes, ups, downs, blacks, white, stops and goes. Um, You know. What's good, what's bad, what's happy, what's sad. I actually do not have any woes. You know, I um I can't think. Yeah, I, if I don't. If you gotta think of something bad, then it ain't nothing happening. I know, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't looking over anything or being insensitive about anything. But it is, and I, I don't have any woes. Okay, what's your? But wild? my wows this week itself 
was just a great while. And not to be long-winded, but, you know, I just had a really great week. I had my a facial for the first time. Y'all see this glow? It was all that. I don't have anything to compare it to because it's the first time, but it was good. I went to the flower show for the first time. Enjoyed a great time with my niece and my sister. We had a great date night. Um, just chilling us. What we do? We, um... We we saw uh cocaine. We went to dinner. Oh, saw I cocaine don't that. Yeah. So we had a great date night. Um, just overall I felt good. Like I, I really feel good. So my wow is just this moment in life, just feeling great. I know, you know, every day can be rainbows and butterflies, but just, you know, continuing to be grateful for the moments and living where my feet are. Yep, when the moment's good, celebrate it. Yep. And so. when the moment's bad, you deal with it. Yeah, that's, that's my wild. Try to get to a better moment. In the moment. How about you? Your wild and woes this week? My wild, my woe, I don't have any woes. My wow is that it is um, happy International Women's Day to all the women ooh, out ooh. there. And also my woman. So um, all y'all women out there, happy International Women's Day. Um, that's why I wore this shirt, because I'm a pretty brown thing. <laughs> <laughs> so my wow is just uh, shouts out to all the women out there. Um, you know. Another day for y'all. You know, I can truly say, I mean, and I don't mean this in a sexual way at all. Like, you truly are a woman lover. Like, you hate to see a woman, even in commercials or something, you hate to see a woman cry. You love women of all shapes, sizes. Like, you're not prejudiced against, like, you know, we talk about attractive women and things like that. Like, you just really are a lover of women. Females. And that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy um, that I'm your favorite. You are. You've always you always been my favorite. You're always going to be my favorite. But, yeah, um, another day marked on the calendar for y'all. International Women's Day, huh? <laughs> but happy... Is there an International Men's Day? No. There's it no should be. It's barely a Father's Day. Barely a Men's Day. I may advocate for that. I, I'm going to advocate for that. There's, men, there's always a Men's Day in churches. Churches? Chicken? No, in church. Church always have Men's Day and Women's Day. Like, all my life growing up, it's always been a what Men's Day. What they do day. on Men's Day? They come in there and congregate and just sit around? They The same thing. It's an all-men's choir. Like, men are, like, there's dedication to certain men. They have a, a dinner. Dedication to a deacon or some shit. Maybe. I ain't been, been in church in a long time. Years. But it was always a Men's Day in I'll church. Pass. Um, but no, I want the men's day in church. Um, I wish it was an international men's day. I would celebrate it. I celebrate you every day. Um, lately it's been feeling like it. Lately it's been feeling like it. Um, depending on what we, how far we get with these conversations, we got a bunch of topics to talk about. So show might not go as formatted as it used, as it usually does. Mm. We get to the grams, we get to the grams. If we don't, then you know, sure the conversation will be fulfilled. We'll reconvene next time. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Um, What's this? Where is this going? The Murdoch murders. Ooh. Let's that dive in. Everybody's watching the Murdoch murders on Netflix or HBO Max, mm -hmm. and we um, indulged on HBO Max and got and took in, you know, what was going on down in Low Country, um, South Carolina. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on the Murdoch? Murdoch murders. You know, it's almost like the stereotypes that you hear about rich white people. We always say stereotypes come from a place of truth. This is those stereotypes realized. Mm -hmm. This is the 
um, the Murdoch family is the personification of the white privilege stereotype or, or that white pri privilege tag. Yeah. They are, that family is the personification. They can get away with homicide. They can get away with thievery. They can get away with deception throughout the legal system and um, police system. Like they are the personification of white privilege. And just a uh, uh, um, cliff note synopsis. This is a story about a family in low country, South Carolina, who were a family of solicitors. Up north, we call them prosecutors. And, or district and attorneys. District attorneys. Yeah. Um, I never knew that until that. Yeah, yeah, well, a district attorney is a prosecutor. Well, well, no, what I'm saying, I never knew a solicitor. Oh, me neither. Me, me neither. Yeah, I, I, never, didn't, I, I never knew that word meant that. Me but this is a family of solicitors, prosecutors, DAs that were um, running a county in Low Country, South Carolina for a hundred years from 1920 to 2021. The great granddaddy, yeah. the granddaddy, then the daddy, but then they also had an uncle. Yeah, like, they had uncles, Grandpa Buster, Grandpa Randolph, like all these fucking people. One guy was the solicitor for 44 years, like one grandfather. So this family was tied into uh, local government, mm -hmm. and they um, had two kids, um, a kind of wild kid and kind of a... Um, a, a subdued kid, not like he the, wasn't the, that wild. This is the dad, the yeah. current generation, yeah. and they were just like she said, the, the epitome of white privilege, doing what you want to do. This is your last name, and you can get away with anything. And I don't want to give too much away. You should really watch the doc on Netflix or HBO Max. But the Murdoch murders is insane, like really insane. What did, what, did you learn anything? And from I it? think it's been out for a while, so I don't know, like, if we're spoiling anything, if we kind of like get into it. Well, I don't think people saw it or it came to the attention of people until, because you know, well, I'm I'm not saying that this is anything because uh, it was on the news. Um, the dad just was convicted of murdering his wife and son. Yeah, so that that's story. telling y'all the end and the movie doesn't act, the the documentary doesn't show that, but it shows you all of the events in their life like that that was like the ending result. Well, but we're talking please about believe five me, people dying it is randomly. So much other stuff yeah. that happened within it. So I think that's what probably brought gave the um documentary some attention because of the trial going on cuz like you said it wasn't there it's not brand new. Right. But is there anything that you, I mean, other than watching it being entertained in a kind of weird way, did you learn anything about from it? Well, I was entertained 75% um, of the time and disturbed the other 25% of the time that a family could actually do something like this. I think these are the times where nepotism doesn't look so good. Mm. Like, you know, you want to have nepotism and what's the sense of having a position of power if you can't bring your friends and family along, right? right? So... This situation went all the way wrong because of nepotism, because this one family and these solicitors usually, according to the documentary, they usually like run a county. You know, each one runs a county. Well, they ran five counties, four counties. And it was like they they people would get murdered or accidents and they would know before certain police. Okay, like that's yeah. that's how connected these people were, and that last name Murdoch. It's spelled Murdoch, but it's it's pronounced Murdoch. Um, a lot of uh, of 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 their 
of their neighbors like knew how powerful this name was and knew the reputation of it and wouldn't talk they were scared yeah. they were intimidated like all the things that go into that white privilege intimidation um theft murder drugs gay stuff like it was just like not that that goes into white stuff but it was just a plethora of things wrong with this family it was like a tyler perry drama series in real life mm -hmm. with white people like all the crazy stuff that you think could be going on like he said drugs murder um you know some possible adultery some salacious activity homosexuality, lie, homosexuality lying um cover up like everything that you could think would be in like scam a yeah like it was all of that like you would, and then to think like a person that you know has a family in, inside of a family business for a hundred years like you scamming from it yeah. Like and you know, it made me wonder, like, how good, like you said, nepotism going wrong because you were a lawyer, your grand, your brother's a lawyer, your dad was a lawyer, your granddaddy was a lawyer. How good of a lawyer were you? Because your riches, they weren't really coming from... And you from... can't have that much of a pill problem that you spend millions of dollars. Like, you would OD before you spend millions of dollars on pills. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not cocaine or crack. Like, pills, that should have... You, 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 you pop a liver before you spent a million dollars on pills. Yeah, it just um, goes to show... For me, it, it just was a reminder that, like, we still live in a country where um, no matter what you do right, there are people that can... What will will still win by them doing wrong? It won't last forever. But just think about the people that they've hurt, that they've gotten over on. That, that and even though eventually it came to an end because of the murder of his family, but this went on for so long—a hundred years. So, and so we, and, we don't and, know what Buster and the I was gonna say, yeah, we did. only know about the events that happened yeah. like over the last twenty. But so long this went on with stuff happening. And like you said, who knows what the dad and the granddad was responsible for. What people that, you know, have died or been prosecuted under their reign um, or been robbed. But it just goes to show you, like, white privilege is a... And this is one family. Yes. One. One family. About 15 family members, I would say, all... How about, like, the housekeeper of 20 years just, like, fall down... You, you, you telling, you telling, you telling. Well, I mean, it's not old. It's, I mean, it's not but new. But everybody hasn't had a it's chance not to new. see it. But um, it's, it's very, it's, it's, I don't want to say like it's, it's, it's sad to say it's entertaining because it's almost, it's more shocking. Like you watch it. It's like, disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing yeah. to know a family could have a grip on a town, a part of South Carolina. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, all right, this low country, South Carolina, they not all hit to the up north laws and how, how fast things move like they, they was just fine accept being what was slow. going on yeah, yeah they, they're fine with the way the town is the good old boy method scratch your back i scratch mine mm -hmm. wash your hand you wash mine like that type of shit like um and this isn't like a black family with it most of the time where they say nepotism goes wrong this is a white prominent a family that's been known in the town since the tens and how about they a hundred and what eleven years four generations built up and the fucking children collapse it in 12 months. Yeah. 
Like that is crazy. Like 111 years of service work, even the the wrong bad shit that they did, but just a family name and a fortune and a, a reputation. The kids just destroyed it in one year. It makes you think if their ethics and morals were different, oh, it could have been a what, what kind of family. change could they have effectuated yeah. in their community? Yeah, like that. It, it just makes you think. Like if people were just different, moved differently, could have been a different South differently, had different values. The power that they had. Oh my goodness. The fact that people would die and they would know first is like mind boggling. Yeah. Like people yeah. thought to call them first before they called the cops when some shit happened. Yeah. And that's just crazy. When um uh, what's an example that you had where you've seen nepotism go wrong like that? Um and and also do you think like like it's it's not such the greatest idea for nepotism cuz your family don't like your family, you, like you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not no, saying no, all I, families will fuck up, or you working with your family will always be a bad thing. But history and statistics show, I'll tell you, and I, stereotypes show, working with your family is not like the greatest idea. I have firsthand experience, so for those oh, who you do, really, yeah. like know my family history, um, y'all, this won't be a surprise. But for those who don't, my grandfather, is it actually started with my great grandfather, my paternal great grandfather. Um, owned a rubbish removal company in Philadelphia. It was a commercial residence. So basically they were, they had a trash company for businesses. Um, and it was passed down to my grandfather. And then he married my, what would be my step-grandma, but she was my grandma all my life. So she was my grandma. We never called her our step-grandma. So they ran this business for years and they, uh, my dad worked for them as a truck driver, um, you know, as a trash man. And he was horrible. Like, I think at one point we lost count. Like, he was fired probably, like, 21 times is where I think I lost count. He would get fired, and then they would hire him back. Because, you know, my grandpa wanted him to have money to help my mom pay the bills. But he would always do something to mess up. You know, fail a drug test or not show up at work on time or just call out too much. Like... So that was a situation. That was a situation where it was like, all right, I know this is your son and you want to give him another chance, but at what risk? You know, in hindsight, you think about at what risk? Like, could I remember my dad, and actually, he didn't work for my grandpa at that time. He had worked for another company, eventually went back to my grandpa. But I remember he had a, tr- a truck accident. Like, he crashed a truck. <laughs> uh, he worked for a dumpster <laughs> and he crashed. And went home. And he left and went home. And then I remember he had to take a drug test and I found the paper in the trash and told my mom. Like, it was just, and you just think like he could have hurt somebody. But I say all that to say. Hurt somebody, could have killed somebody. Yeah, or himself. Like, that was a perfect example of nepotism going wrong. Like, you wanting to do right and give your child a chance. But it's like, okay, <laughs> when, where, when do you cut the cord? You know, for their own sake. Or And then, you know, my dad used to feel like, oh, how could you fire me? I'm your son. Like. Some people really hang their hat on that, and yeah, that sense of it's crazy because that generation of people wasn't don't didn't have that entitlement thing. Yeah, but for some reason he kind of did because this is my dad's company. Yeah, and and the sad part is there was no desire to learn the business to transition from being of in the field to being where okay I worked there since I was fourteen. 
I was doing bookkeeping, accounting. Like, I'm talking about not nothing on no Excel. This was when I was 14 years old, so 1995. Like, on a ledger, balancing checkbooks for, you know, a multi-million dollar company. I learned so much from it. My grandpa sent me home one time because I was supposed to be work at, I think, 7 o'clock. And I got there at 7. And he was like, well, you want time, you late. So, he sent me home. I was salty. But I learned so much about the business world, like working there at 14, doing stuff like invoicing for businesses, like mm -hmm. collections. So, I mean, that was an example. And I wish it, you know, sometimes like maybe things could have went in a different direction, but it is what it is. But the part that went wrong is them keep rehiring my dad. Mm -hmm. That was horrible. So, I mean, there are some examples where it you can go right. You have a ten trucks and you got this one driver that just can't get right. <laughs> yeah, and it's your damn child. Yeah. I mean, there are some examples of nepotism that, you know, I'm sure can go right, that can be beneficial. I mean, outside looking in, it seemed like the Bush family nepotism worked. Like, one was president, the other one became president because of his daddy fucking influences. Yeah, I guess. I mean, worked is a is is I mean it is subjective in a, in a sense of you're, preparing him you're, for yeah, that you position into that position to be a crook like he was yeah whatever but yeah. you followed into <laughs> and, that right, position right I mean definitely I I think it it, it does if, have if we been. had kids and we had like a business that you know not like a side business but something that was like our livelihood that we built and we wanted to bring our kids in and they wasn't really kind of into it but you know there's a learning curve where maybe you could learn the business. Like, would you trust that or would you be like, if you don't want it, then I ain't giving it to you. I'm not about to, like, try to teach you and make you want this. Like, yeah. you, you should want to do this in a way where I don't have to ask you. And you if you don't, then you can't touch something that I built. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, it has to start at a young age and you have to, um, because they may not just be born to want it. But they have to get past, they have to get to that point where they have that drive. But I don't think you can force it because it just may be something that they just don't want to do. And, and that's when I fine. speak about that, I'm not talking about the actual, the, the thing. It's the fact that this is my parents' business. And if they sell lollipops, I want to do it because it's the family business. If they make Frisbees, I want to do it because it's the family business. That's what I'm saying. You can't force it because they may feel like y'all make Frisbees, but I want to be a lawyer. Y'all sell lollipops. I want to be an anesthesiologist. <laughs> you know, y'all. Then that's what I'm saying. If you don't, if you don't want it because it's the family business and you want to take this to the next level for generational wealth and you want to do your own thing, then you can't have none of the stuff that I've spent my life building. Like you can't even indulge in here because I'm afraid you'll fuck it up. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. They can go about and have their own. Yeah, life. like if, especially if I'm over him, I'm making frisbees and you want to be a lawyer. That's two different two different things. Yeah, you'll you'll still be my child. <laughs> yeah, but that's your job. This is my job. That's what I'm saying. Like they just you no, know, maybe he can be the lawyer for the family business, mm -hmm. but maybe he don't want to be part of the day to day business itself, which is fine too. Or maybe he can be the if he wants to be an accountant, he can be the accountant for the family's business. But he just your child just may not have the desire, which is fine. Again, I don't think somebody should feel obligated, but I also don't think that parents should force it on their child or take it personal. They may have other dreams. They may want to go out in the world and save children and be a social worker or something. So how would you feel if that was like forced on you? 
Like you, if you didn't want to run a trash truck company, if you didn't want to own one, if you didn't want to be in the rubbish business, and I can't say or speak to what the inside of that business is like if you took to, to run one, you can. So would it be like, ah, I did that in my teenage years. I couldn't imagine what that would be doing, like what that would be like now. Well, you know, it's actually one of my regrets that I have in life. If I, if I had to think of any, when I was 16, I felt like, well, maybe I was 17. I felt like, oh, you know, I've been working here. I want to go out into the real world and get a job. Like, I want to see what it's like to, you know, I'm working with older people. My grandparents and my aunts worked there. But this was like a real world job for a kid. And I felt like, well, I want to have like a job. That other so, you know what I did? Like, I want to work at Pizza Hut. No. Okay. Guess, guess where I was about what? to work at? Boston Market. And for some, I just felt like that's what I wanted to do because I think for me, it was that wanting that sense of independence and feeling like, okay, I'm working under y'all and I'm getting paid, but my heart wasn't in it. I knew the job. I knew how to do it. Now, I wish I had the mind frame at maybe 18, 19, to, or maybe 18, yeah, to turn back around and say, hey, are y'all hiring? Because... I probably felt differently at that time, but I think just wanting that sense of independence as a kid, you know, it was stupid. I was but... going to say, when you look back in hindsight, it's probably a dumb decision. I mean, it absolutely worked out for Life you. Life worked out. Um, but in that sense, like you said, my heart wasn't into it. So, and that's where I'm speaking where, okay, then you can't do this. Like but, if your heart's not, and, and I'm not saying your I don't heart think I ever showed that, 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 but that's the thing. I never had the idea, you know how like some people go to school to get their degree in business administration. Or that was never my thought or goal. Like I never thought from like a business perspective, like, um, an accountant, like I wanted to be a doctor. So I don't know why I wanted to, I wanted to work in Boston market, but I just wanted a job. And, um, maybe I wanted to socialize with people my age. I don't really know. I can't really think of the true reason, but I just felt like, you know, maybe I wanted to get on a bus and travel somewhere so I can get out the neighborhood. But it, so I did my job. I never showed them that my heart wasn't in it. And it was hard for me to, I felt like, you know, I was letting my grandpa down and saying that, but I wasn't afraid to speak up and letting them know that this was what I was going to do. I felt bad but about you, it. Why, you wasn't like, why wasn't you that smart to be like, okay, I'm telling them I want to go do something, which is great to speak up for yourself. Well, then they ask, like, okay, you went on some some jobs, and what you kind of job you get? And I worked at Boston Market. Like, that didn't sound like... Not they probably like a necessarily, just... No, to you. Like, that didn't sound like a... Not a lateral move, but like a... At 16, no. I never thought about it like that. Was you making more money at Boston Market than you would have been at the other place? Um, at the trash... At the rubbish place? Probably not, because I was making pretty good money as a kid. Like, I was making like $20 an hour right. when I was like 15. And obviously, if that would have kept going, it probably you could have asked for ownership and things like that. Yeah. I always think about that. Like, what direction would it have gone in? You know, what value could I, could I have brought to the company? Um, you know, but again, because my mind, like, I probably would, they probably would have wanted me to go to school, you know, get some education in the business field and that was not the path that I had for myself in my right. mind would have had paid off maybe but who knows what direction it would have went in but I mean just thinking in hindsight it was a stupid decision but they, they didn't give me any like pushback because they probably thought like you know she they probably didn't need me 
I was doing a lot, but they probably didn't need me, but they probably just kept me because I made it easier for them doing the things that I was doing. So, you know, we probably was like, okay, you know, go ahead. Go do your thing. Like, yeah. yeah. We can book you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you get a chance to watch these Murdoch murders. That's bringing it all back to the Murdoch. Um, it's called Low Country. It's on HBO Max. And then they also have one on Netflix. But check it out. It's called The Murdoch um, Mystery Murders, whatever the fuck. It's deep. Um, cocaine Bear. Yeah, that was funny. We went and seen Cocaine Bear Friday, date night. And uh, I enjoyed it. First, let me just give a sidebar. Movie theaters around the world need to remove all cloth seats. After we had this huge well, bed bug like a, um, epidemic in the world. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that that's like even allowed. Theater, it was like yeah, it was older theater. theater. Yeah, even that's the true. outside, like the, yeah. the, the, the marquee. Yeah, the yeah. marquee. That's what I was thinking of. Like, that kind of shit looked like it was an old, broad, like old school theater. Yeah, broad, theater. yeah. So that part, but I got over and then I thought I heard a mouse. So I was a little distracted. But um, <laughs> overall, it was, you know what? It was a really well done, corny, good movie. And I say that, like, in the best way possible. Of course, it's corny. This, this bear is high on cocaine. But it was done really well. It was entertaining. It kept me entertained. It was free. <laughs> and true. Bless you. True. That bear actually got to cocaine, ate it, and killed people, and died with a stomach full of coke. Yeah, like, it was funny. <laughs> Bless you. Thank it you. was dramatic. It was gory. But it kept your attention. Like, yes. it was no lulls in it. It really kept your your attention. It was a little corny at the end, the it's waterfall the and all that. Cocaine. Yes. So just you know. Yeah. Prepare yourself. Well, kind of do it, not doing when I say it right. Kids, I mean kids, kids. They didn't yeah. do it right though. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was in their system. They did it, yeah. But it, what did you think about it? Um, I I I was looking forward to it, and I knew it would be silly, and um, but I like you said, I was hoping that it would be done right. Yeah. Like, just make the production behind it right. Try to tell the story the way that it happened. Don't try to Hollywood it up. Um, tell the story the way it happened because it's a true story. And I think they did a good job. I did not expect the gore to be at the level that it was with yeah. arms and legs and blood and fucking shit like that. Yeah. Like, and they did a good job with the CGI bear. Like, mm -hmm. they did an awesome job. The fucking thing looks like a real bear running around and chasing people. And you can't tell, like... This shit ain't part of the movie. Like, it, you yeah. know, it's not, it, it fits right in and it was done well. So I think it was great. Um, I don't think they should cocaine bear two or no shit like that. No, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. It was a great story to follow. And guess um, what? It's kids in it, but it is not for kids. No, it's like, not. It's, it's not so boring. Yeah, it's not for If your kid's under 13, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's your PG 13 is, yeah, is a real thing. Like, yeah. And I think that's rated R, but. Probably because of the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. The drugs, the gore, like, motherfucking legs and arms flying all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. But Cocaine Bear was um was cool. If, if people out there fuck with the movies, like we've been the last few weeks. Um, and I, know I would give some, it 8 out of 10. It's some diehard people out there who, like, movie it up all the time. Cocaine Bear is, is one. I like, wouldn't miss it, yeah. For all the stuff that's playing, Cocaine Bear ain't a bad watch. And it's not long. It's not, like, drawn out. It's like... 97 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. So a quick hour and a half and you right out of there. Um, 
But you like cocaine bear. Yeah, I would give it eight out of ten. You like you uh, you like uh, heroin bear. <laughs> um, that went over your head. Yeah. Heroin bear, drug like all types of drug bears. Heroin, cocaine. I like weed bear. I like my weedy bear. Oh my, my god. My weedy bear. <laughs> um John ja Morant. School me. Okay, I saw the video of him on live with a gun. And you know what it made me think of right away as soon as I saw and, and I literally I saw the video for five seconds. I didn't really read any comments or hear a whole lot of commentary about it. But it immediately reminded me of Alla Iverson. Ah, okay. It immediately reminded me Why? of just Alan thinking. Iverson never had no issues with guns? No, no, not with guns, but just thinking like, he needs some direction. He said they got, like whoever, because we knew the whole, and I'm not talking about Alla Iverson wearing the braids and the tattoos and the, because that I think was like, racial profiling and assuming because he had braids and tattoos and jewelry and he didn't want to wear a suit like y'all were um likening that to him being a thug which is ridiculous because now you see high fashion lines in paris fashion week for whatever reason of men wearing their pants off their butt mm -hmm. so that's that i'm talking about the other parts of Alan iverson life where he just needed, which a lot of men, young black men who receive some level of notoriety, they need to learn how to compartmentalize and say, I'm in this arena now, no pun intended, fame, the fame, the notoriety, the accountability. I can no longer hang with these people who don't hold me, make sure that I hold myself to a certain standard to not do the things that could put everything I've worked so hard for in jeopardy. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. People want that, oh, bring along your friends. Oh, I'm, I can I can still hang in the hood. And it ain't always good because if you don't have people around you that don't have, uh, that have your best interest at heart to be like, yo, what you doing here? Get out of here. Get out of this party. You know, get you ain't supposed to be around here. Get off this corner shooting dice or whatever it is that you got going on. Separate yourself from that and know that they still love you and they not taking your separation as like you snubbing your nose at them, but you taking that separation because you have to be in a better environment so that you don't put everything you work for in jeopardy. And it just, it, when I seen it, that's what, again, not saying, I, I know Allen Iverson didn't have guns, but just that imagery of him was like, he gonna, he gonna have that constant, um, like chaos lingering behind him like Allen Iverson did. Of course, that I agree with. Um, let me get my thoughts together. Let me get my shit off. Um, this, to me, like, He's like, he's 24 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to see him win as a young black kid who made it out the, the streets to the, to, not the streets, but who made it um, out of his circumstances and made it to the NBA. Guy has a contract for $230 million for five years, kicking next year. $230 million. Like, think about how much generational wealth that is and how many people he can take care of in his family and how many people might depend on him. But to, to, so this is a clear cut case of fumbling the bag. Like you can't, 
work your, your your ass off since you five years old, play basketball, you're in tournaments, your family spending money on you, your whole family and friends support system and they and and your hard work and you get there and now all of a sudden there's this desire to be down, to 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 bring along the thugs that, that you came up with. And everybody can't go. Like everybody can't go with you on this journey. Maybe some people was there for the AAU part of the journey, there for the college part of the journey. And there's some people that's gonna be there for the MBA part. But you can't be brandishing guns and um you tweeting out to to uh to other people is you you go you you can catch a hollow, like that kind of shit is not what the NBA shield they're not going to let you do that. And the NBA got 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 uh, private investigators, um, undercover detectives who watch NBA players, who watch mm. high pro high profile players. This reminds me of Gilbert Arenas. He brought guns to the locker room. He got suspended for a hundred games or some shit like that, like a season. Oh wow! Um, it's a serious thing. It's a very very serious thing. And he was in Denver played a game, went to a nightclub. This happened at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, he is lives in Memphis. So if you start thinking about it, it's like, did you fly a gun on the team plane to Denver? We played the game, then you stayed there and partied because we didn't have a game the next night, and then that's when you did the video at 5 o'clock in the morning with a gun. Well, like, could have been somebody else's. Could have been somebody else's, yeah. or we need to investigate that, which I think the um, cops of Denver are doing. But you can't, like, you're gonna throw away your whole, your whole, your whole thing for trying to be down, trying to brandish guns. And what's even more sad about it is, you got your dad with you, like your pop is there, like you came up in a two a two parent household. Your dad is on the sideline with you all the time, and it's like you see that parent, that dad's uh, son dynamic, and it seemed like he more his friend. Than his dad, like you got to reel him the fuck back in, and I know it's difficult when like you get drafted, like you become the leader. And your son become the breadwinner. Yeah, you become the leader. Now you're not really listening to your mom and pops like that because you pay their bills, you you pay your aunt's bills. Like nobody, everybody looking towards you. But when you do shit like this, you got a hundred people that's gonna crumble with you when they take when they take them. They suspended for fifty games not going to play the rest of this year or in the playoffs. He was like the face of the league. And now they kind of bumped him from first tier to like second and third tier. Like you're not going to be that guy anymore. And what's sad about it, what hit me, what's sad about it is like for him to get his image back, he's going to be playing good and not get voted to the All-Star game. Because on that stage, they don't want to see John Morant because people are going to think of the gun incident. The same shit happened a good bit of... Um, it happened to Gilbert Arenas and guys like him, um, Brandon Marshall in football, Pac-Man Jones, Allen Iverson. Like these are the guys that took the hits so you don't have to do this shit. Like they went through that shit so you can look at them and be like, yeah, I don't want to make that mistake. I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk around with 55 people with me everywhere I go. If I go to a restaurant, I don't want to bring guns because of what happened to Gilbert. I don't want to do this. I don't want to like, you got all these examples and these OGs that came before you that you can look and say, I can follow that. I can take a little bit from that. I can take a little bit from that. And my very last thing for him to change his image it's going to be a couple of years 
like two or three years before he can start to even look like he's not that guy. And this is the sad part. Like, they're going to make him cut his hair. They're going to, yes, to change his image. Like, the NBA is about imagery. And when you got that look of what they perceive to be the thug look, the 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 um, dreads and, like, just the way he carries himself, at the end of the day, for him to look like a Steph Curry type person, they're going to make him, like, cut his hair to get like back. It. I don't like it either. And that's, like, the most drastic end of the spectrum. But he's going to have to do a lot for the next couple of years just to have to save face in the NBA over something like this. Yeah, that I, that I think is taking a bit too far. And I wouldn't do it if I was if I didn't want to. Like, I'm not going to cut my hair. Like, I can change my character. But if I didn't want to cut my hair, then I wouldn't. But one of the things you said, and I want to ask this, do you think... You and might whether, cut your hair to get a $250 million max contract, regardless if you want to or not. You can stand on business and be like, I'm black power and all that shit. But if they say, listen, this is a max contract in front of you, but you got to look like this for us. This is our NBA. You work here. If, can you look like this for us for $250 million? Some people might be like, okay, I don't want to cut my hair, but what the fuck? It's hair. Some people might be on some... Nah, man, keep your money type shit. Uh, I don't know. You're, talking, you're not talking about, you know, a job for 80000 a year. You're talking about $250 million. Let me ask you this, though. You said you mentioned about the OGs who came before him. Is there still respect for the OGs? Certain and, and ones. Any, no, no, no. And any, I'm not just talking about sports. I'm talking about, like, this young generation that's doing these dumb things, whether it's him guys in the street like is there still that respect that this younger under 30 generation gives to the quote-unquote ogs no not like it should be i'm sure that not like it should be these guys are young 24 years old they're making 10 times the money Allen iverson and them made and at that point you can't tell them shit like when you talk about you got 300 million in the bank and you 25 years old and they're going to give you another 200 million next year what the fuck you need to listen to a call from Allen Iverson for? Or a call from Gilbert Arenas to say, yo, or a call from Stack. Like, he had a brawl where he went in the stands and punched fans. Like, you know the shit he had to come back from? And look at his image now. So, it can happen, but that shit takes a long time. But, so, so you think that the money outweighs the integrity of the OGs? Yeah, I think for these young kids, this young generation, it's almost like I made it. Like I got two hundred million. What am I listening to you for? That's but they're not not ending, that. not 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 looking at the bigger picture of I'm going to erase this two hundred million. Like if I keep fucking around, like I'm going to, it's not going to be here. I think if the younger generation doesn't look to the older generation, no matter what arena of life you're in. That is going to be a collapse in future generations where they're not going to have, not to say that they won't be able to do it on their own, but it's like you're making it harder for yourself, At which, you know, since time of memorial, they've been saying, you know, you tell kids, you know, you don't got to touch the fire to know that it's hot. Listen to somebody. Everybody wants to touch the fire themselves a little bit. Most people want to touch the fire because they don't want to believe you. They want to get their own experience. I wanted to work at Boston Market. Yeah, but, some, but, but, some but what people, I'm saying is some people... It, though, babe, so not to cut you off, some people actually burn their, their hand and say it's hot. Some people burn their hand off. Well, that's what so I'm saying. So it's a difference. That's what I'm saying. I think that's going to be a detriment to 
this generation and the future young generations if they don't at some point start to gain a level of respect for the people that came before them. Right. Not to say some won't still make it and build their own foundation, but the pool is going to get real empty of those that do if they don't start to regain that respect. That's what he should be doing right now. I mean, whatever circle or friends... And again, I don't know what pain he got. I don't know what his anxiety is. I don't know what he carry or what he's doing or... It, like, I don't know any of that shit about John Moran. I just know he's an excellent basketball player. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to give him a little grace for that. But you can't be brandishing guns and you're an NBA player, bro. Like, you're not a thug. You're not a rapper. Like, you're in the NBA. And you make hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, guns on Instagram? Like it's another one of those examples where you're so far out the pocket, like you need to be put back in the pocket. So another one of those examples that just goes to show how much of a hold this that social media has on this generation. It's like they don't even think people say things like, "Okay, he's one example. He's an NBA player. You got kids that's posting themselves putting on blackface like do you not think yeah. that's gonna get back to your school yeah like or job yeah or like yeah people doing things well or people standing well, on the corner people dipping on over the job but that's people being recorded but what i'm saying is people recording themselves doing things and it's like social media got that much of a hold on you you don't realize like this can follow you and ruin whatever you got going on. Like, not it's one thing if somebody records you doing something and you don't know. Like, well, yeah, you do it but, yourself. but you do it to yourself. A la Paul Pierce, who was working for ESPN, went live and had strippers in the background playing cards in his in his basement. His basement fired. Yeah. Like you can't do that. And this that's the thing about this situation. He wasn't coerced. Nobody made him. He took out his phone, found Instagram, hit the button, slid over, went to live, wait for the shit no to connect. Shirt on. Yeah, wait for the shit to connect and wait for people to come in there and then I'm going to pull out my gun. So that shit is all your fault. But you should get on the phone with Allen Iverson. Get on the phone with a Stack Five. Get on the phone with Gilbert Arenas and ask them, how did y'all get through it? Because those dudes been through some shit, and look how how people revere them today. Yeah. L- look at the calling that the things that they, that they had on their lives and how they're revered in, in in culture today. So it can happen. You can come back from it, but it's a it's a uphill climb. And it also makes me think about our nephew. We have a nephew who's an amazing basketball player. He's currently in college. He had an injury, so he's not playing at this moment. And it just makes me think about the the young guys, you know, that are at the level he is. And hopefully their pain, hopefully they learn from the mistakes. But again, we just said, you know, people don't respect the OGs, but I hope that they become more aware. Like, it's like the Allen Iverson generation didn't have to learn about, uh, I'm sorry, the John Morant generation couldn't learn about, you know, the dangers of social media from Allen Iverson's generation. Mm-hmm. They could learn other stuff, but that social media thing wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. So now hopefully this current generation that, you know, is working their way towards the lead, they can learn like this social media is, is serious. Yeah. It, it, it is really serious. And it can it can just pose it, a lot of threats to your livelihood. One wrong tweet, one wrong Instagram post, and your shit's done. Them ten million followers you got, 
on Tuesday, that shit going on Wednesday. No more monetization. No more nothing. No more anything. That shit could be going. You could be fired from your job from one wrong tweet, one one wrong post. Or you could have all the followers and don't have no job for them to follow you too. Nope. So, Ja, you know, get your shit together, man. Um, and Mr. Moran. Yeah, Daddy I was Moran. about to say, and I don't want to, like, knock to on. But I from mean, the outside looking in, it just looked like the, the parenting part, and I hate to question people parenting, but it just looked like you getting drunk at the games and you don't give a shit what your son doing. Like, you, you got to tell him, get your ass, like, what you staying in Denver for? We live in Memphis. Get the fuck on the plane, let's go home. Like, no, you can't stay out here in Denver, but when, when you paying your dad's bills and paying your mom's bills, like, they can't tell yeah, you shit. Yeah. Um, so, Jock, get your shit together. Let's move on. Uh, four Americans kidnapped in Mexico. Two dead. So you can speak Ooh. more to this than... So this happened in Matamoros, Mexico, um, a town that is right outside of the border. So, and I, I, I Googled this because um, um, I'm aware of a t Brownsville, Texas. There's a little town in Texas. So it's on right close to the Mexico border. Matamoros is right on the other side. 19 minutes. So it just goes to show you how close it is, like to get like that's from country to country take twenty minutes. Yeah, to get from <laughs> one city in America to this city in Mexico. So a very close um border country. This is not a vacation spot. This is not like any place that anybody would be going unless you're probably going there for business, legal or illegal. Family or position. Well, that's business. Well, that's kind of that's medical. It's yeah, kind of well, well, to to handle some business, yeah. whether you know. But or, you say business that makes you think like work. Well, yeah, business. Uh, whether you're handling business, medical, whatever, um, or if you're going there for family, but it ain't like a vacation spot. But the thing is, I, I've read a couple different things that of people saying that one, this place isn't even known. Like you know, there's some areas like DR is known for like going for BBLs. Brazil used to be like the butt lift place. Um, you know, Colombia is known for BBLs. Mm -hmm. Colombia is also known for cosmetic dentistry. This place, from what I've read, is known for cosmetic dentistry. Not even a known place for BBLs. Doesn't mean there isn't a doctor or so that does it. But, um, you know, the, the four that went there, the lady was the mother of six. Um, they were kidnapped. Now, I saw something recently where they were, th they thought that the men, I know one of them had locks. I didn't see what the others looked like, but they thought they were potentially Haitian sex traffickers. Not really sure. But one thing about Mexico, for I'm sure a lot of you guys know this, if you watch the news, the cartel runs the Me runs Mexico more than the government does. Everybody knows that. That's so, not a debate. you're going to these areas that don't have... Um, any um, infrastructure in terms of their government. No, and, and all the police work for them. Yeah, the, the police work for the cartel. Like, it's just not safe. And I've read some people saying, like, logistically, it, there's some doubt about their reason for going here. One, one of the men, his wife was on the news and said she didn't even know he was going to Mexico. That, okay? Um, so what, do he want to jump off? With a girlfriend? Well, I don't... Taking her over there to get a BBL? Because I read that they were going over there for um, butt operate for, for for operations. 
that was the story but you got to think about this too from a female perspective we seen women coming who did they have with them a girlfriend. a girlfriend if you take anybody because afterwards you need some aftercare it doesn't make sense that you would have three men with you who's going to provide aftercare to why you why you say three men it was two women and two men no it was one woman and three men okay Okay. It doesn't make sense that you're going to have three men with you to provide aftercare after you've had your body done. D you know, not saying it's impossible. My husband got, you know, if I had surgery, he would be my aftercare person. But it just what doesn't. What if they were homosexual and it was like I'm bringing my gay best friend? But I don't think that was. The, well, again, I get one what of you're them saying. Had, you're a woman. You would want a female because they got to, you know, run rap, get your body right and all that shit. And you don't necessarily want it to be a guy, even if it is your best friend. Yeah, you're probably in a, not. a vulnerable state. Yeah. Um, the girl drove. So, I mean, not to say one of them couldn't drive back. But, again, you're driving over a border town. That, that isn't like a main border crossing. It's not like Nogales. No. You know, so you're. So, it Texas, was just. That's Laredo, right? I don't know what that what that crossing. It, it might have been the Matamoros crossing. Oh, okay. I don't know, but it was just a kind of like one of them like ran. It's like going to New Jersey over the um the uh what's the bridge that's um the the one that's near Chester. Commodore Barry. Most people not. I've never even seen the Commodore Barry Bridge before. It's just one of them places that's real random. And I just think that they either were there for uh, for things other than what they said, maybe some trafficking of some kind. I'm not sure. Um, but if it tr if they truly were there for the the intent, the purpose that was mentioned, it just wasn't the the best decision to be made considering the circumstances. I also initially thought maybe she knew it wasn't safe, so maybe she thought that taking three men would be safer because she had you visited... You fuck if you got three men with you. If two men come up with guns, rifles, yeah. three men ain't worth shit. She had been there previously. And, I mean, she could have been there for a consultation with the doctor. I'm not sure. But she had been there. She had visited previously. And she, who knows, maybe she would have been better by herself than with three men and they thought that it was something else going on but this isn't safe for people to do i know when people go play and i don't know what these people were going for the story says just for the sake of, of conversation that they were going for medical things right um i don't this isn't safe not to go to a different country for a medical procedure i'm not saying that but going to you go to these different third world countries you got to be in the resort area like you can't be People want to say, I want to go with the locals. I want to eat real food. Like, that shit is dangerous unless you got, like, real family or ties to that place. Jamaica, Costa Rica, Venezuela. Like, you can't be in the fucking local Honduras, towns. Or, yeah, Honduras. Like, you won't make it out of them places. Mexico. Like, you can't make it out of them places. And with corrupt police who pull you over in a fucking Uber or a car and put some cocaine on you, now you're in a Mexican jail or <laughs> you You're get kidnapped dead. or trafficked or fucking took in a, a field and hacked up with machetes. Like, it's not worth it. Like, I just try to stay, not unless you got family connection. You from there, you got family who live there. That's a different thing. But just to be going to Mexico for some medical procedure and, and not being secure and going to a bad neighborhood or you, you went to... Uh, 
Peru and you want to go to the, in the locals and eat eat real food, like you might not make it out of there. Just trying to be with the locals. And you know what? I used to have, and very recently, I had this like bucket list trip I wanted to take, which is now canceled. I heard of a lot of people who have gone to like um, to to California and they drive to Vegas. And then you can go, well, I'm sorry, Vegas. And I think you can drive to San Diego and then drive into Mexico. And, like, you can do that all. It's like, it can be a day trip. But, no, it's like, if I go to Mexico, it's going to be on a resort, secure transportation. Like, I wouldn't even take a, like, when we and were even to, right now, it's like, eh, it's like, you, it's just, you don't know if the fucking people at the airport are down. What was the airport we was at where everybody looked sketchy? It looked like um, it was Colombia. Yeah. Everybody looked sketchy. Like, if you didn't make eye... Well, as soon as you broke eye contact with somebody, it seemed like they was like... Like, we... I remember we got got kind of coming out of there. Like, we came out the place. The guy picked up our bags, put it in a thing, and turned around and just asked for a tip. And it was like, oh, this is what y'all do. Yeah, I could have told you, don't touch tip. my fucking bag. I get my own bag. They wanted a tip for everything. Everything. Yeah. Like that yeah. kind of shit, if you're not careful, like you'll be and all that kind of shit where you got your your GPS on in the back seat so you know if where you going is where you going. Anywhere anytime we take a Uber, he turns on his GPS along with the Uber to make sure that it's going the right way. Hell yeah. Like yeah. Hell but yeah. but it makes you even think too when you're going on vacation, you know how resorts offer um a a transportation service. And in some cases, we've taken it. In some cases, we've opted for an Uber. I always want the resort-provided transportation from now on. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I don't want to, like, just randomly take an Uber anymore. I don't know, man, because if you're on a shuttle with 12 other Americans and you're some... I, I don't know how it can go bad there, too. Yeah, but... The, I get what you're saying. If you're in a car with an Uber... And he got to connect know. with the car. Like, they like, okay... Oh, we, I just picked up, and I'm not saying and we look we fancy, was, and we don't travel. We are not the people that travel fancy. Like no, I feel but like we was, we was dressed nice. I remember when we was in Colombia, we was dressed nice and going to where we were, where we were going to, and we couldn't communicate with our guy for shit. No, but I'm talking about when we coming from the airport. We aren't airport dressers, like no. because I hate airport clothes. I feel like. The airport is just full of germs. So I'm going to put on a sweatshirt and some sweatpants or some tights or something. So it's not like when we're getting off the airplane, we look fancy. But that's subjective to American standards versus, you know, in another country. They may think these people look fancy. Or, you know, they might see your nails done or your, your, your wedding rings or something. And who knows, that may, that may give them an impression that, or you might got three suitcases and they used to people coming here with a duffel bag. So they might think you have something. It's just, and they're looking at all of that shit she yeah. just said. Like, that's their hustle. And it just makes me think, nah, I would rather be on a hopefully secured bus or at least a company provided transportation than to you know call a uber ourselves mm -hmm. that that scared that that i can say scared me a little bit and thinking like i'm not a, i don't want to allow the hardships and the dangers of this world to shut me in to feel like oh i don't want to go anywhere i mean unless it's like really something specifically happening in a certain place 
But at the same time, it is making me aware and, and think differently about how we move. But the, not only does that raise the eyes of, of people who get kidnapped, but that shit raises the eyes of kidnappers. So yeah. for me, it's just, yeah, I'm sure I'll eventually I'll go to Mexico, but that shit got to die down. Like, motherfuckers is getting kidnapped there. I don't care if it's in a resort town or not. Motherfuckers is getting kidnapped in the country. Like, I, I just don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be on a... A, a shuttle bus coming from the airport and somebody hijack it and take 13 Americans. Mm. Like, that shit can happen. And I don't want to, like, think like that, but if a kidnapping just happened on Tuesday, I ain't going to Mexico next Tuesday. Well, but what if we had a trip planned and we was leaving we the next push day? push that shit back or something, babe. Like, they kidnapping people and killing people over there. But we wasn't going to the same place they were. Mexico is a whole country. That's wow. like saying something... I some... can't believe, like, you would, like... Well, Man, no, no, listen. Look. That's like saying somebody got... That's like if somebody was traveling to America and it, and they were coming from Poland and they heard... Can't a, come to America if you're from Poland. <laughs> and they heard a story about somebody getting kidnapped in Oregon and they said... It, but they were traveling to Texas. They're not going to not... Like, it's a whole country. Mexico is a whole country. They're not going to not go to Texas because somebody got kidnapped in Oregon. I acknowledge all of that. But because this happened in what? Monterey, what? what Matamoros. Matamoros. Tulum is off limits right now. That's all. I'll revisit Tulum another time. But that's off limits because they're kidnapping people in your country. Okay. All right. That's all that is. Last topic. Um, But I I like Mexico. You know? I don't, I don't, I don't want to be stolen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Selective outrage. Saturday night, Chris Rock show. You wasn't here to to, to, um, to see it with me because you just don't be with your husband like that. Say um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You a lawful guy. But um, I I sat and watched it, and I all we also seen the show. A while ago at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. we were lucky enough. So it was to the same it. material that he did with Kevin with Hart. A couple of tweaks. Okay. Um, I think when we saw it with Kevin Hart, he was working it out. Gotcha. So it's fine tuned, and it's you know some stuff was taken out, some stuff was putting in, and he really went in on the um, Will Smith thing. You know how when we heard it, it was just a touch. He touched it. Yeah, just he didn't go touch. too deep. Yeah, but he, I, and I, he touched on I don't want to be a victim part. Yeah. That's still there, but at the end, he went in, like, in, in. Like, okay. this was what people was waiting for. Yeah, okay. And it was like, okay, he, like, I'm sure Will didn't like that. Like, Do you think he, he just had to get it off his chest? I think he has every right to. Because yeah. if he got slapped, everybody in the world had an opinion and was waiting for him to say something. It happened to him. something, why are people saying Yeah, it? now it's like you got to let it go and all this shit. But he it. hasn't talked about I it. I know. So why are people saying he keeps talking about it? Because it's been a year. So it's like, okay, if you didn't say nothing by now, then... But who are you to tell somebody they can't talk about their experience? You didn't get slapped. He did. And if mm. he has a rebuttal to that, he can wait a year to, to, to talk about it. He can wait six months. He could have said something the next day. It happened to him. But, you know, he kind of, you know, it's like, okay, I see why y'all, when I watched the special and I see like the stuff he said at the end, it was more like, okay, I see why y'all 
have, have selective out but 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 the selective out do you know what it just made me think there's a guy he you, said will practices selective outrage like he okay. practices selective outrage but you you gotta think tell me what's what's the guy that tells the story you just was telling me about uh bert kirchner bert kreischer bert kreischer the machine okay so you think right and, and i don't know all the details but he's a white comedian he's popular more popular amongst white people um, and he t has told this story from what I hear for years. It's part of his history. You, Nobody can't tell him. He can't tell this story. People live and crave for him to tell, tell the story, this story yeah. <laughs> at shows. But then here we are with this man that something nat international happened to him. That's part of his history. He can talk about this in every show from now on forever. Like, yeah. I don't, th that is selective outrage. Like, why do people care? I think it's, so many people feed people on, so and fast. it's funny because I was, I was thinking this in my mind for different reasons. Like, people who want to say like, oh, they're not Beyonce fans, or people, people who just always want to go against the grain, which is it's fine to have your own opinion, but somebody I seen somebody post this and it was like they took the thought out my head. Some people feed off being contrarians, mm -hmm. and it's a thing. Yeah, it's like you just always gotta go against the grain. It's okay not to be a Beyonce fan. It's okay not to be a fan of this. It's okay if not to like this. But it's those people who always want to feel like. Oh, they're different than everybody else. So with Kevin, I mean, with Chris Rock, it's almost like people just want to have something to say because he, like, people have been saying he didn't say anything. He didn't speak out. It's his life. People, comedy feeds off of Kevin Hart. His comedy feeds off of his, his life, life story. Things ha that have happened. How many stories have he told about his, his dad? His father, his like, kids, his wife, his Nobody's ever said, oh, that's enough. He always talking about his dad. Now, this one th monumental thing that has happened to him and he chooses to build his... Like, I'm not surprised. Everybody's been waiting for it. Why are people saying he's talking... Now, he keeps talking about it. He hasn't said anything. Right. And it's funny that you say a control because I, on the radio today, the, the guy, the, the engineer was like, there is a way that we test to see if there is contrarians. He was like, you can put a poll question up. You know, do you like red or black? And a personal pick. But if you put a, a question up that everybody knows the answer to, he was like, if we put up, is the sky blue? It's guaranteed that 2% will be like, no. Yeah. Where it's like, why would you eat? But he was like, that shows you that there's contrarians. There's people who just want to go against the yeah, grain you for just no wanna, reason at all. Right. And you, not like, to you say just, you have Because to. everybody is on this side, you just have to be over here. Right. And it's not to say you have to go with the masses. Of course not. Nobody wants a society of people who lives by groupthink. Then we're like robots. But it's just, it, it's annoying and it's irritating. And it's, it's, it's kind of like nobody wants to be bothered with you when you, it's like, Okay, they always against the grain. Everybody likes this. Nope, they don't like this. Everybody does this. They do it this way. Everybody does this to the left. Nope, they do it to the right. Everybody does this upside down. No, they do it right side up. Like, always wanting to just go against what everybody does. And people complain. Oh, like they have their own selective outrage. And it's like, you don't understand what he's showing you is yourself. Right. Like, the, everybody was like, oh my God. He down black women. He called Jada a bitch, and um, something else he said about another black woman. I forget. I forget the joke, but he was just he was talking about them. 
But before that, he said Beyonce was great and Serena Williams is the best person who ever played tennis. But nobody talks about that big up he gave to two black women. They just see, oh my God, he said Jada was a bitch. Like he punching down on black women. And but it's like, what the fuck are y'all looking at? That's the selective outrage. Because he just bigged up black women before he told the joke. He said Beyonce is one of the greatest people to ever step on stage. And tennis, Serena Williams is the best person to ever pick up a racket. Then he gets into the joke and he says that Jada was a fucking bitch. And such, 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 such was a bitch. And it's like, now you punching down on black women. But people, you know, you can have your opinion, whatever it is about women being called a bitch. I don't want my man calling me a bitch. But if you say, this my down ass bitch, then I ain't mad about that. Like, nobody talks about when Lil Baby or Dirk or Future or whoever else, you know, says bitches in songs, but now it's like y'all nobody boycotting against them turn and guess what? I ain't no huge Chris Rock fan. My husband knows that. It's something weird about his body language. <laughs> like, it's just something very str like I am She feel like he looking at her. <laughs> it's something <laughs> I feel like not looking. I feel like he's peeking at me. And it's weird watching him. So I'm not saying this because I'm like, oh, oh, I love Chris Rock. But it's just like hearing again, I didn't see it on TV, but obviously I've seen yeah. it in person. But seeing the comments from people, I'm thinking like the things that people are complaining about, this is the selective outrage right. because this is like, okay, other people do this, other people say this, or other people don't do this or say this, but why is it now, you know, everybody want to like wave their flag at this? The, major, the majority of the comments was okay, you've been waiting on him to speak about this. He puts about 10 minutes in his special about Will Smith and, and, and his wife. And the first thing that comes out of y'all mouth is, why he talking about this? It's been a year. Yeah. But you were the very ones waiting for, like, when is he going to say something? When is he going to say something? When is he going to say something? This, this, this was and like... And what he did was wait a year, put it in a special, and get a $20 million check for talking about it for 10 minutes. Yeah. So why would I go to Twitter the next day to talk about it for free when I could wait put it in my special, and get $20 million for it. Yep. For talking about it for 8 to 10 minutes. Yep, that was smart of Genius. Him. Yep. Um, that's it. That was the last topic. We running out of time. Um, how you feel? I feel good. I got the hiccups. I'm getting taller. You had the hiccups since you was a kid, man. Well, I'm, I got a little growth spurt. Let's do a wrap. Act two of the podcast, 113, wrapping up. Um, you guys can catch us out there on act2thepodcast.com. Um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcast, Anchor, Radio Public, TikTok, Breaker, and Spotify. And Twitter. Forgot about that. And Twitter. Tweet, tweet, tweet. And Twitter. Um, so, yeah, it's your boy, International Walt. It's your girl, Tosh, the co-hostess with the mostest. And if you fuck with us, you fuck with us. If you don't, you should. Peace. <laughs>